You know they want staring point, you know we straight to the point Boy Chris with assist, fast breaks like a joint splitting half Boy J with the J, we throwing heat, no gas, that's a touchdown pass You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Now they hardly can guard me like Dirk fade away You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say Yeah, you know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the point They want staring point, you know we straight to the straight to the Kimi76 bringing us into episode number 74 of Straight to the Point. My name is Chris here and my guy J-Dub. Yo, what's going on? Yo, we got so much to talk about. NFL, training camps, preseason around the corner. We got to talk about that. Olympic basketball, your, your team, your country, going for the gold. And we got to talk about the, the big moves and the trade deadline of Major League Baseball. We're going to start with NBA free agency, a lot of big Moves being made, Lonzo DeRozan to Chicago, Melo to the Lakers, Kemba to the Knicks, Andre Drummond to the Sixers. Yo, Talk you, to me. A little bit more, you know, why you say them so hype? But you, you, you said that so negative. I will get into that. But, Jared, talk to me about what team you think made the biggest impact in this free agency period. Honestly, I have two teams, Chris. You and me just give you the, the, the best one or the both of them? Give them both. I'm going to say it's the Eastern Conference, the Heat, and the Bulls. I think they had the best free agency, and which is saying something because the whole, you know, the cap kind of was structured differently this year. A little money was maneuvered. But, man, the Heat brought in Kyle Lowry. They were able to re-sign Duncan Robinson. They were able to get Victor Oladipo on a cheaper deal. When Victor Oladipo gets healthy, where they're saying he'll come back in December, you're looking at a starting lineup of Victor Oladipo, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. Like that, that's a very good core four players that you, you can do some nasty things. Tower Hero will be in that unit for the closing stretch potentially. I like what I'm seeing with the Heat. I think they have they were just in the finals a season ago, so I mean they could potentially go back. They can they're top three team in the East now, considering what the move they just made. And then you look at what the Ooh. Bulls did. The the, the Heat, the Heat are top three team in the East now, behind the Bucks and Nets. And top so, three. Seed. So the Heat, this Heat team right now with Lowry, and the moves they made have catapulted catapulted the Sixers. They yeah, without a doubt, they went from the fourth team now to the or fifth fourth fifth seed team to. So a third where are the Sixers team. at? The Sixers are falling to a fourth fifth seed team. Let's How? be realistic. How? We still have Ben Simmons on the roster. But we're even with Ben Simmons. Tobias Harris. No, 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 Tobias Harris is my guy. I like him. But hold on, wait, wait, wait. With this same lineup, because they re-signed Danny Green, they were the first seed in the East. We were a first seed in the East in an Eastern Conference that was No, 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 no. Stop. You can't say we anymore because you just called them a four or five seed. Banged up. You, you have to refer to the Nets hurt. The Nets were hurt. The Bucks were missing Giannis at a certain point during the season. Let's be realistic. The Heat. Had no big men in the heat, and the heat they had no the point had, oh, they had the Gordon Dragic and the heat, Kendrick Nunn. And who he had been, so there was a running back. I get that Jimmy Denver. was hurt, but the Sixers were, were without MB for stretches of this at that season, too. So he, you he, can't, he, you he, can't blame, you can't give everyone the benefit of the doubt for injuries and not have the Sixers, who were the best team in the East last year, record wise, before the second round of the playoffs. You can't tell me that team is suddenly better or worse. I'm sorry, worse than this Miami Heat team 
with an old Kyle Lowry, a banged-up Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo. I'm sorry. I will not let you slide on that. Let's be honest. This Miami Heat team has the shooting you want. They have the all-star players now because they've only had one all-star before. Now they have two. At the end of their career, I can't let you slide on this one, Jerry. The team that just was in the finals two seasons ago. Everyone just- talks about how, how bad this that, that bubble season was, all right? I'll give you that this team was in the finals two years ago, and Lowry was in the finals the year before, year prior to that, right? But we're now three years removed from Lowry being – Maybe considered the back end of his prime. Jimmy I'm, Butler's breaking down. You can't tell me this team is Jimmy better. Jimmy Butler's 33, 34, 33. 33, 33. About a lineup of Kyle Lowry, Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, PJ Tucker. We're Bennett assuming Oladipo is going to be healthy. Oladipo can't stay healthy. Even if he isn't healthy, inserting Duncan Robinson, the dude's a laser. He's a sniper. Yeah, except when he's not and he's bricking everything like he did. They were able to keep Tyler Hero as well. A young piece that had a, a dud second year, but again, a lot of players have sophomore slumps. A lot of players do. So you're you're banking on a lot of you're banking on a lot out of these guys to assume. No, no be- banking on anything. I'm just looking at what they have, what they've built upon, what they've added to their bench unit, how they were able to keep guys. Bring who did they add to their bench unit? I mean, look at it. They brought back Dwayne Demon. I liked him. Tyler Hero's on the bench still. What they were to move. Duncan Robinson is basically a, a bench guy. I think he's going to come off the bench. If not, Old Depot comes off the bench. You, you brought an All Star. We're assuming Old Depot staying healthy. There's, the problem with the Heat is yes, superficially they look a little bit better. All right, but if you polish a turd, it's still a turd. No matter how much you try to shine it up, I've never seen a turd go to the finals. Because the Sixers, ain't done yet. you haven't. Sixers ain't done it yet. You know, we 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 crumbs. First seed be not. Teams have gotten better, and we've brought in Andre Drummond. And I, I don't like. The I don't problem dislike is, the problem with the Sixers. Like we talked about the Sixers before. I can't, but I can't let you sit here and say that the Heat by adding Kyle Lowry makes them a top tier team in the East. I'm sorry. They were already to a top tier team in the East. There was already a, a there was already a top five team. A top? No, they were not. No, they were not. They were the fifth seed last year. They were a top five team in the Eastern Conference. They were. They were. They were top five in a very trash East. All the right. East is trash regardless, bro. The East, top is five. Tra- the East is not yes, trash. Out of the top five, five, you can't name any teams better than them. I can't name you can't, out of the top five. You can't name any teams that was better than the Nets, Sixers, Heat, and Bucks. And that's four. I, the Hornets, Nets, I think the Hornets, I think the Hornets no. have a better chance of being a top no. five team in the East with no. other than Miami. No, you don't. Yes, I do. That's false, then. How was that false? You I'm looking at a team that's bereft of big men, even though they finally got some big men. Yeah, but okay. Outside, got some big men. Outside, of, outside of Bam, who is legit probably 6'9", who, who's the Miami big man? Precious like that? Precious I don't Jr. give a... I, come on now with Precious a true. Bringing back Dwayne Dedman was a good move because he actually... Dwayne Dedman. Dwayne I, I would never thought I'd say it, but Dwayne Dedman was a good pickup for them. It was. So you're, so you're telling me... You're telling me Precious and Dedman... Move the needle for you? When it comes to off-the-bench bigs? Yeah. Because, again, they're coming off the bench. They're not starting. When you look at what that Heat team has when it comes to shooting, Dwayne Demme is a stretch shooter. No, he can, stop. Just he because can. he can make it doesn't mean he's a stretch shooter. Can he shoot better than Andre Drummond? 
I would love to see that three point contest. Let's be realistic. Who wins? Is is he shoot? Can he outshoot Dwight Howard? Yes. No. Wait, then he can outshoot Dwight. Yes. You're true. What are we talking about? I'm not saying I'm not saying Dwight with Orlando. I'm saying Dwight and I'm saying Dwight when he wants to take that open, you know, that open corner three, that open top of the key three. He cannot. He's shown he has the ability to at least knock it down sometimes. Yeah, Devin is in the same boat. Feel, right? I'm not sitting here. I feel like you ain't watched the NBA. You missed out. Dwayne Dedman in the past two seasons of the NBA shot 35 and 36 percent from the three. How, bad, how much of that is? How much of that is because he's just taking that's that. on at least three shots a game. He's making 1.3 of them. So he's making one out of three shots a game. Is what, he what playing, twice is he's playing taking three a game? He's attempting he's three a game. Chucking, chucking stuff up. He's attempting three a game. He's making one. Dwight's not attempting three a game. Drummond's for sure. I don't want to see Drummond attempting three a game. But do you really want to? But just because he can make it doesn't mean he's a stretch big. It does because he can stretch the floor. No one's guarding Dwayne Detman at the fo- at the top of the key. You go- if he can make it, move on. Move, move on. Move on, yo. You're going move to. On. What? Move on, yo. And then the Bulls, I'm not saying the Bulls. The Bulls, I think, would be a top five team this year. Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Nicole Vucevic. That's nice. Yeah, that's that's very nice. But my pushback with that is you, you're banging a lot on Patrick Williams. Now, a Ooh, lot of people I like him. A lot of people were not fans of him being taken where he was taken in the draft. I wasn't either. This is now his opportunity to develop, to step up, to prove some people wrong. And if you think Chicago is going to be a top five team in the East next year. I, I think, think they can do it. A lot of it is going to have to come down to is Williams able to contribute. I don't think he, honestly, again, Williams, when he got drafted, wasn't a guy who contributed to the offense. The dude is a good defender. And honestly, he was a very good defender last his first rookie year. So if you could do that, which helps alleviate the pressure on Nicole Vucevic, who's not the best defender, Nicole Vucevic is there to get you buckets. Well, you and I both know Nicole Vuzov is a top five big that's there to just score. He, he's, he's there to shoot the shoot the three, plays a little in and out post game, pick and roll threat, but he's not there to play defense. That's what William comes in. Vuzov will grab you rebounds, but you need somebody that's going to be an interior presence. You got that. Onzo Ball is a very good passer. Zach Levine is a great shooting guard. I, I, I guess I can't really say he's a two way player because he's not the best defender, but the guy gets you. He can shoot the ball with the best of them, and he's he can, he's a straight scorer. And then you bring in DeRozan, who's just that old veteran presence where you, we see DeRozan's just not – he's an inept three-point shooter. DeRozan does not attempt threes. If, even, if, even if he could hit him, he just doesn't want to. But he has that mid-range game, and he – in a Popovich system, he's shown that he can be a middle guy where he's – where he can pass the ball when needed to, and he'll play defense, and he'll grab a rebound, which we never really saw DeRozan's game when he was with the Toronto Raptors because he had to do so much. So I think they have a good starting five, which can uplift them to a top five seed where at least get them to the playoffs. And I like those two moves that the these two teams have made as the best in free agency compared to all the other ones. I agree. What about the team out in LA with them signing Carmelo Anthony? A lot of people didn't really, a lot of people talked about it, but really people didn't really think that Brian and Melo were going to team up, especially after Melo went to Portland um, right before the NBA bubble. So I'm interested in seeing that. Um, a lot of guys resigned that were eligible for free agency. They decided to resign. We're talking about Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, Chris Paul, um, Julius Randle. 
of those guys that have resigned, who do you think is going to be make the most immediate impact um, for their teams in the future? And you can throw in someone who I, I haven't mentioned as well. I think, honestly, it's any of the starters you just named, like Julius Randle, he comes back, most improved player. We've seen these most people in the world. I think he still does it again for the Knicks. Kemba went healthy. It's going to help the Knicks out. I, we didn't even mention Spencer Dinwiddie to the Wizards. I'm not saying the Wizards are going back to the playoffs or anything, but that is an immediate impact where they needed a point guard that can not only pass but shoot. But the Lakers, I like the Carmelo move. Honestly, I like the bench move they made where I thought they were in cap hell for a better lamest turns. Like they, I thought they didn't have any moves to make. Thought they were just going to get a bunch of vet minimum guys and do the thing, which they did when you look at Melo, Wayne, Ellington. But then they also brought back Dwight Howard, who was a vital piece of their bench during the championship year. I like the signing of Malik Monk. That's a good off-the-bench score. Even if you throw him into the starting rotation, he can shoot the ball. He can get to his own bucket. He can create off the pick and roll. I like that. I like Kendrick Nunn signing, who there were other offers on the table, supposedly by other teams. But Kendrick Nunn went to go play to the Lakers on that two-year deal. And I think that's a good backup point guard, especially now you're coming off the bench for Russ. Kendrick Duncan, he's a highlight type of guy as well. He would come in, he flashes greatness at times. And that's what the Lakers need when it comes to you're having LeBron, AD, and Russ. We just need guys that know their role and can do their thing. Trevor Reza's back on the Lakers where that. Now that one I wasn't the most particular fan of. I like Trevor Reza as a three-point shooter. He's kind of, he's regressed a little bit. But again, you're just bringing in shooting. And then they also brought in guys like, again, I think Melo is just huge because you've mentioned it. I never thought we were going to see LeBron and Melo play together. I don't know if it's actually going to work. Ken Bazemore's on that team, but you bring in Carmelo. Carmelo's a guy that gets you 16 off the bench. without a doubt. And he can, and now he's embraced the role of being a stretch shooter. That's huge because at one point in time, we thought that he wasn't going to be able to do that. One point in time, we thought Melo was never going to be the guy that'll sit corner and shoot some threes or, or come baseline, hit the wing and just do a pull-up three or stand still. You thought he was just a mid-range post guy. He needed the ball in his hands to get to his buckets. He's shown that he could do more than that. Still not the best defender, but you don't need that right anymore when you got a defensive front of Anthony Davis. You have Dwight Howard back. I think they kept Marcus Saul, who's good at who's good at getting you rebounds, going to play defense on bigs at least. So I think the Lakers still got it. They, they did solid in the free agency for what one could expect. You know they're being called the retirement team, though. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about like their ages, right? But when and Jared, I know you're going to go. You're going to get where I'm going with this. You see a bunch of veterans come together. A pass, you know, you got someone who can run the point, someone who can come off the bench and give you a spark, someone who just shoots, you know, who can make the three, a big man who can get in the paint and get a little dirty and stretch the floor a little bit. You know, you start putting these pieces together, and now all of a sudden you got that ball swinging around the the top of the key, and it's like Braun to Melo to, you know, AD to Russ. Like, come on, man. This is – I feel like this could be – you know, this might be like, you know, Braun's last, you know, last dance. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) This is his last opportunity. I'm not saying he's going to retire, but I'm saying this might be his last opportunity at a title. And what better way than to, you know, have Melo on your team? Can you imagine Melo gets a ring? Melo and Bron gets a ring? Huge. 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 Melo's already a Hall of Famer in my eyes. I think he's in the eyes of a lot of people that just know basketball. Yeah, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. This is the ice on the cake, you know? Yeah, just like Chris Paul, a ring solidified it. For Melo, the ring solidifies your Hall of Fame status, your greatness. And I would love to see it happen. 
I don't I don't know the odds for the Lakers going to the finals, but I think it's better than last year. I think if they stay healthy, they have a real shot. I know now that let's say for instance LeBron does go down, Chris. I know I, I I can say with fair confidence that a Russ and AD combo can hold their own until LeBron gets back. If LeBron missed some games in the season, the same thing for if AD missed some games in the season. I think a Russ and LeBron can can hold their own because Russ, I can honestly say, has been durable throughout his career. We I think we gotta say Russ has been a durable guy. I think the worst injury I've ever seen him has is where he got an ankle, he missed two weeks. We got, you remember, well, well, you remember Pat Beth towards me up? Yeah. Okay, I forgot about that. One. I was back in the OKC days. And he's been relatively healthy ever since, and I just I like it. Now, a problem with that. The only problem, the only problem I had, and I know you said you like it, but this is what I, I pose to you is Russell's very ball dominant. Yeah, that was about to, Le- was about to come up. Yeah. LeBron's very ball. Do- we talked about this last episode. There's only one ball. Who's orchestrating this offense? Well, have to be LeBron. So Russell's gonna play all the ball. I think if you if you're Vogel, you you're you're letting Bron, bring the ball up, letting Bron handle the thing. And you're kind of doing what Rondo did a little bit with Bron, where once LeBron brings the ball up, and if he can't initiate the offense right where it's not an easy pick and roll or something, then you give it to Russ, who can go downhill, who can then try and rotate a little bit in. But I think you're going to run a LeBron system where LeBron's going to be the dominant guy, and then you're having Russ run baseline, and you're hoping for mid-range jumpers because that's all he really shoots anyway. And that's how you're going to try and run your system around. AD's going to still be doing his thing as the most dominant big on the floor. And then that's that's really going to have to figure out how you run it. And then the rest are shooters. Again, the rest are shooters. And that's why they've kind of been signing these free agents where you got guys that can shoot the ball. Because you're going to need guys that Russ and LeBron can kick out to when they're constantly going to be driving to the basket. And LeBron's been kind of shying away a little bit from driving to the basket as well to be trying to stay as healthy as he can be. So I think that really just leaves Russ and AD when it comes to the paint. And then that's another thing Vogel's going to have to figure out. But I don't think it's going to be as hard as you want to. Like Russ, Russ said he wanted to go to the Lakers and play with LeBron. We've heard the rumors about how he wanted to play with Kawhi in uh, Los Angeles, but Kawhi used him as bait to get PG, and well, we've seen how that worked out. I think Russ has this new man title where now he's going to come into the Lakers. Is he's he's trying to do whatever he can to win a chip, and I think that that means him giving up the ball a little bit. I think he's going to be fine with that because at the day he's back at home, he loves LA, and he just wants to win. And he, he, he sacrifices his body and he'll probably sacrifice some of his game to do it, but it's all about winning at the end of the day for him. So I think I can see it working. If not, then man, hopefully Vogel's the coach that can do it. We'll see. I mean, it's going to be a tough task. However you slice it, it's one ball and you got very, a lot of ball dominant guys. You know, a lot of formal, you know, Melo been called a volume shooter. Uh, you know, you know, the typical, Mellow stat line, you know, the, the classic mellow stat line, 30 points on 13 of 33 shooting. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that now. You need that. If I'm going to need that because you know Dame mad that they just lost Mellow. Mellow was a spark plug off the bench. And the Speaking, of Dame, Speaking of Dame, you see who hired Dame's trainer from college. Yes, I did. Uh, actually, yeah, he's a um, head coaching uh, consultant, I believe. Mm-hmm. That's got to be for Dame. I, like mm-hmm. there's no other way. You see, a certain Australian has cut off all communications with the Sixers. Yeah, well, we saw that coming though. Like, I'd, I'd be mad as hell too if I was getting shipped to Portland. And then the rumors has come out that Ben Simmons—I'll say his name—I don't care. Uh, ben Simmons says, uh, wants to go to a team in California. He doesn't want to go to Portland over the Raptors. Well, let's hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'm gonna see how far a drive is from California to Oregon. Good, keep talking. <laughs> 
And why you do that? He doesn't have a choice. I mean, again, there's the trade kicker. So unlike no trade clauses where a player can veto, there are trade kickers in some contracts. Like Ben Simmons has a 15% trade kicker where once he gets traded, there's more money added onto his deal. Apparently he prefers Golden State. Right. I don't know how he's getting there, though. That Again, I don't know how he's getting there. Cause I'm going to tell him how he's going to get there. Hold Unless on. they're giving up Clay. I don't want anybody on that team. Oh. I don't. I don't want Wiggins. I don't want Kaminga. All right, so listen. It's a 10-hour drive from Portland to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So how he gets there, right? Hold on, pull the directions. Are oh, you going to do a three-team trade is what you're telling me. No, I'm, he got it. All right, listen. He got to he gotta, he gotta keep right on I-405 North. Right, right. Beaverton. I think Beaver, that's where Oregon State is, the Nike complex somewhere up there. I'm worried. Right. Then he's going to be on I-5 for 381 miles. Whew. Okay. And then he got hit I-80 through Sacramento. He could be going there. Uh, go around Napa. And then, you know, boom, 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 couple turns. Now you're in San Francisco. If he wants to take that drive with his new girlfriend, sounds, sounds good to me. He can listen. He can he can drop the top like he's doing Camden. So again, you mentioned a team that he said he wants to go to any California team. Well, I have no problem shipping him to Sacramento. I want Darren Fox and Buddy Hield anyway. Sure, let's make it happen. Sure, but I don't know any other way. He physically thinks he's getting to go to state. He has no leverage. And if people say, "Hey, he does have leverage," he could say, "No, he has nothing." Even if, the, even if the trade kicker where teams don't even want to if, pay the extra rent, he you know, has no leverage. Even if he sat out and didn't play. Still, he, he's under contract. And then he, we get the I money mean, back. I mean, the Sixers don't have to play him. Yeah, he, he, that's a win. he says he's not playing. We get the money back. That saves us in cap space. Cool. Ben Simmons, I'm hoping, Chris, because with the Andre Drummond move, I felt that was so weird. He's a good backup. He's been all a backup. I don't know. I don't, Plus, I, I'm gonna I don't, see why people are upset and people are like, why, why get Andre Drummond? Andre Drummond does what the White Howard does, but a little bit better and a little bit more athletic. That's it. But the problem is the Ben Simmons Drummond lineup was horrendous. It's like, not happening. I hope no, they got it. Number, so I think what people aren't clicking is by signing Drummond, what I think Embiid had to have signed off a little bit. And if he didn't, signing Drummond was not for Ben or Embiid, it was to appease somebody else on that team or somebody that could potentially come in with hint, hint, Damian Lord guys that were damn these. He likes to have bigs as a pick and roll position because you're looking at it. Ben and, and, and Dwight Howard were one of the worst lineups you could have seen in the NBA statistically. You bring in drum. It's going to be the same thing. So this wasn't for Ben. Ben, they're planning to move Ben. Ben's not talking to people. So now you get what Dame say. He said he wants to come back to a team that's better. He wants to see what they could do with the coach. Charles Bills. Well, Dame, your team's not much better. Y'all brought in Co- the, and I say y'all, the Portland Trailers brought in Cody Zeller, re-signed Norman Powell, and brought in Ben McLemore and Tony Snell. Chris, does that sound better to you? Those additions, does that sound better to you? Uh, no. And then you, you lose Carmel Anthony, you lose Zach Collins, who again, he's been hurt, so I don't think you're really missing him much, but he was a good piece. And I'm thinking this team doesn't look much better. On paper, the Portland Trailers doesn't look much better. And there's teams that are now healthy. The Nuggets are going to be healthy again. I, the Mavs, I think, are still trying to figure out if they're going to get Dennis Schroeder or Kyle Lowry. I think that still helps them out now that they have Jason Kidd to figure out what's going on with Luka and Porzingis, who are still very good. The Clippers, they're wondering what's going on with the Kawhi thing. We'll figure that out soon enough. But the Suns, they just brought back Chris Paul. They're better. The Suns are still a top team. I don't know if the, the Lakers are now better. They're a top team. The Warriors are healthy now, Chris. They're going to be a top team. 
I don't know where the Portland Trailblazers is falling to play on this. I really don't. So if I'm Dave Lillard, I'm hoping that he requests for a trade soon. I'm hoping that happens. And then if Ben doesn't want to go to Portland, well, that's, darn, that's gosh darn bad. It really is. But I'm not mad with the Sixers' moves in free agency. You bring back Fort Con Cork Miles on a steal. Fort Con Cork Miles is projected to make eight to nine million a season. We're paying him five million a season. I like that. You brought in a good shooter in Yang who can space the 40 shot 40% this season. And then we also brought Andre Drummond, who I think could be a relatively good backup. I mean, the jokes will come in. Philadelphia is a joke city. We're going to bring the jokes on the real estate, the real estate when him and and B used to beef when Drummond plays bad. I'm hoping he's ready for the Philadelphia atmosphere because they will light him up. But it's not a bad move for the backup position. He's coming in to give you 20, 25 minutes a night. And especially on days where Embiid can't play, especially if the Sixers are going to low manage Embiid or if he gets hurt. When Embiid can't play, you have a good starting center. He's a, he's a starting caliber center that you can potentially work with who's going to give you 15 to 12 a night. I'm not mad at that. And the thing is, Drummond is someone who's capable of putting up crazy numbers. We've seen it in the past. So it's just a matter of how does it fit. And but this fit is not as egregious as Al Horford. Like, it's it not, can be if with Ben stays until training camp the regular first season, and we're seeing a lineup of yeah, but, Ben Tobias and B Drummond at one point. I'm you're you're pissed. You're you're upset. I'm upset. That that's I'm I'm rubbing my forehead, scratching my head. Like, what are we doing? I don't want to see this. Period. At all. I don't want to see that. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Speaking of crossing bridges, uh, Jared, let's talk to me a little bit about Olympic, um, the Olympic basketball, international ball. Uh, I know you want to talk about the the United States advancing to the gold gold medal game. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what you've seen so far. Team USA is going to the gold. We're going to be playing France in the rematch game. Winner takes all. I'm I'm really Team USA has had their ups and downs. It's really really a turbulent season for us. In the season, I mean these these games are you playing? But oh man, they just had a good win against Australia, 97-78. Where now Australia is going to be playing for the bronze against Slovenia, but. No, just playing for the bronze, period. Was it? Is this, yeah, against, no, no, just playing for bronze. Um, It's weird that I've never, like, Team USA just does not look as dominant as we've once seen. I'm liking how Kevin Durant's finally starting to play better and take over as the leader and go-to guy. But if we're going to play against France, we're going to have to, guys are going to have to really step up. Dane hasn't played the best in, in the Olympics. Again, might be because of what's going on in his head with his whole team and everything coming to the NBA side, but I need guys to be better. The team USA this year just didn't have the bigs that we thought they were going to have. Chris, when you look at the fact that Drummond, not Drummond, Draymond Green and Bam at a bio, Bam's been relatively good, but when he's when Bam has to sit, JaVale McGee and Draymond Green are just aren't the best bigs because other teams are, like, taller or stronger. Like, Rudy Gobert was dominating the last time we played France because of the fact is he was able to dominate against a Draymond Green and against a JaVale McGee. Part of it is that international ball has different rules. You know, you, you can you can camp in the paint. You can sit there and 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 just camp. And there's not a lot of goaltending. Like there's there's not there's different rules. And I think the problem with the NBA, not the problem with the NBA, but the problem with the NBA players is they they play NBA style and then go play international ball and can't adapt. Before they could just out talent everyone. Like you got Bron, Kobe, you got. Vince Carter, you got AI, you got all these players who it didn't matter whether the rules were slightly different. But now the talent gap is a little bit different. You talk about like Luka Doncic, right? Luka Doncic is argue you could argue that Luka Doncic is the best player in the world. 
right? He's not on the American team. He says it's it's easy to score in the NBA is to score internationally because the rules are set up that way. You know, the NBA wants high scoring games. They don't want hand checking. They don't want hand fighting. They don't want 85, 88 games. You know, they don't want like a lot of what happened in that Milwaukee series with Phoenix. They don't want them type games. They want 100, 105, 110, 120 point games. So I think that we have to temper our expectations and realize this isn't going to be as dominant as it once was because the rules are not. Like if the NBA starts playing more international style, like hand check and hand fight, like you can do a little bit more, a little bit more physicality than maybe, you know, you start seeing that, that, that super dominant because the NBA has better talent. Like the United States team has better talent top to bottom. But when you start, when you take it out of the NBA arena, NBA form, and put it in an international setting, it's different. No, absolutely. It kind of shows, to sum it all up, Chris, it, it, I just want to make sure that we're both on the same page. The calls are different. Like, the calls in the NBA are night and day compared to international. Like, we've seen how the NBA has done this rule change where they're trying to make sure that they're teaching the refs how to do certain calls now for shooting fouls and stuff like that because of the way NBA players alter their bodies or do a move which they can end up leaning and that that's a foul call and do the NBA rules where there's not, it's not that in FIBA. There's not that international basketball. If you, you run into somebody, you try and draw a foul, you, it has to be an egregious foul. They're not calling that. So again, this is a huge culture shock that some of these guys just weren't prepared for, but I still think we have a chance to win a goal. I really do. I think our team's better than France. I know Evan Fournier is tearing it up. You just got that multi-million dollar deal with the Knicks. I see it. Rudy Gobert is good, but I'm not, I'm not trying to lose to Timothy Way Cabarro, former Sixer. I'm not trying to lose. I don't want to lose Nicholas Batum. I'm really not. So I, I hope KD, Devin Booker, and Damian Lillard and all them get it together because I'm, I'm ready to see us win gold. Moving on to the NFL. Training camps have gotten underway. Preseason actually starts tonight, the Hall of Fame game. Yeah. Between the Steelers and the Cowboys, no Dak, no Ben. Um, that kicks off tonight. Jared, tell, talk to me about some of the things you've seen uh, in the training camp and, and a little bit of news and notes from around the NFL. Um, it's it's been it's been weird with everything's going on because training camp's been a lot of the whole you know anti-vaxxer stuff that we mentioned a public podcast previous. Some teams don't vaccinate, so it's been on and off. But this is going to be a great debut for linebacker Micah Parsons. And we get to see Najee Harris from Alabama show it off with the uh, Steelers. I'm, I'm really excited to watch preseason ready for the NFL. Training camp has been good, though. I've heard a lot of things from different teams. You know, the Colts are banged up. Carson Wentz is now down with a foot injury. He's getting surgery. So the Colts might be without him for at least the first three to four weeks in the season. The Eagles, uh, Devontae Smith has been hurt with an MCL sprain. He might not come back until the first week of the season. You've seen other teams, though. I'm, I'm liking what you've seen from the Jaguars. We, Jaguars training camp, I was able to see a Tim Tebow touchdown. Didn't, didn't ever expect that. I, I thought he would have been cut by now, but, hey, preseason's right out of the corner. He might stay. He might still be on the team come the first week. Um, I like what I'm seeing from teams like the Cardinals where they've got guys who are stepping up because this, is, I think, is the Cardinals' year for them. And then, Chris, you, you know, you, you talk about this team a lot because you, you say you don't like them, but this could be the Titans' year. Things are aligning for them now, Chris, where they've got Julio. 
The division's looking a little weakish. The Colts is hurt. They don't. They had their backup QB is Jacob Eason. Is you know it's Eason time, but the Colts are hurt, and that was their best competition for this division. They could, I could see the Titans winning the whole thing. What do you think? The whole what? The the uh, the AFC South division. Oh, okay. Because the whole thing, I thought you meant like the bowl. Oh, no, 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 never that, never that. I was just saying the AFC South division, I think that's theirs for the taking. I think they were going to have I mean, to. I mean, obviously, let's, we don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson. Because let's say Deshaun Watson stays. And let's say Deshaun Watson, let's say Deshaun they Watson They don't stays. have the players. I don't think they have the players to win. I don't think they have the players. Let's say, let's say he stays, let's say he plays, right? I've heard, I've heard some things about Trevor Lawrence, though. I can't say that. I've heard, I've heard he's okay. looking good in practice. All right. Trevor Lawrence is, is still relatively unknown as far as the NFL goes. Carson Wentz, relatively unknown as far as his health goes. Ryan Tannehill, mediocre. So, <laughs> they at, at, they might have, they still might have the worst quarterback in the division. So, it, I, I, you can't, I listen, I, I think they're the, I think they're one of the, I think they're the top team in that division, top to bottom, right? They have clearly the best running back in football, right? Offensive line still a little suspect. They lost Dennis Kelly to the to the Packers. Pass rush is still non-existent. They have a good they have a they have a good secondary. It's not great, but it's good. Vrabel's good, you know. I I I like Vrabel. Ten Hills, eh? <laughs> so yeah, I think that division. I think we could. I think the Titans win the AFC South. Looking at the NFC North, Aaron Rodgers is back. I think that goes to the Packers. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah I think that goes to Packers. You hear good things about Justin Fields with the Bears. I'm, I'm hoping it should be a QB battle, but unfortunately, it's not. Again, it's a Matt Nagy thing. We, all, I, we know, we know who it is. We know what it is. But again, I think they have the NFC North Packers, the AFC East. I'm going to go with the Bills. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from the Dolphins. Wait a second. Wait a Bears. second. Are you making predictions? Not even predictions. I'm just saying when you're going into who's winning the training camps right now, like who's like really heavily talked about, who's getting a lot of who, like the, the guys that they've drafted. I haven't heard so much from a Jalen Waddle as I've heard just more about what Tua's doing and what Tua's doing to, hey, Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker is really good. Uh, Will Fuller has actually been relatively healthy during the training camp for the first time. You know, surprising thing, surprising news. Whereas on the Giants' side, we go to the NFC East, Kenny Galladay's hurt. They just had a brawl where there was a fight and uh, Daniel Jones at the bottom of the pile. You know, coaches live it, they run in gases, 100 uh, yard gases. I could never imagine. Dudes is quitting. <laughs> Dudes is retired. Dudes are retired. What do we? Yo, I'm not. Yo, can you imagine? He's strolling in. Y'all running? <laughs> I'm out. Take. Let me take my pads off. Take my Take my helmet off. I'm. Uh-uh, I'm too old for all this. <laughs> so what we're saying is, Giants newly acquired offensive lineman Joe Looney decided to retire because he's no longer up to it physically. This comes after their brawl where Joe. Uh, Daniel Jones is on the bottom of the pylons, and they had to run a hundred yard gases. Chris, I don't, if I'm running hundred yard gases, I think I'm tired too. I don't think I'm there physically anymore either. But this is really funny because they got just dudes quitting. And you know, Chris, something that's not surprising for, and it needs for the fantasy people listening. Kenny Galladay is expected to miss two to three weeks with a hamstring injury. Speaking of fantasy, uh, anybody want to join a fantasy football league? You know, I'm down. Hosted uh, by your boys at Straight to the Point. Maybe. 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 
whoever drafts Kenny Galladay, I'm just letting you know, you're expected to not see him play for at least three weeks, four weeks of the season. He's already We'll, we'll definitely talk about fantasy football. We'll talk about that. I can't maybe, wait. Maybe right before week one, we'll do an episode. I'm thinking we'll do predictions and we'll do some fantasy football. That sounds good. Do a draft. We actually set up a league. Do a draft to sell. We have to set up a league. All right. If anyone's down to, to do a league uh, for money, of course. Uh, please send all inquiries to at underscore JWs on Instagram or Twitter. <laughs> Do not send it to me because I'll forget. <laughs> Fair? Sure. Or just send it to the podcast page. You know, we have a podcast page. Oh, yeah, you can do that too. But <laughs> send, send it directly to Jared as well. Speaking of sending things over, let's talk a little bit before we wrap it up about the Major League Baseball trade deadline came and went. The Dodgers going all in for their repeat. You know, they get Max Scherzer. They get Trey Turner. Philly's go out and get Kyle Gibson. The Cubs, you know, trade everybody. Baez to the Mets. Rizzo to the Yankees. Bryant to the Giants. Jared, talk to me about a team that that really won the trade deadline and where you see the new impacts making the most impact. Um... Um, I don't know. I think the Dodgers, to be honest, Chris, you mentioned it. I think what they're at a 65-44 record. The previous three, I think they were ranked third. Now I think they would be ranked second because you pick up the best pitcher in Matt Scherzer. And then they also get a position player in Trey Turner. So, I mean, like, you, you're not mad at that. Again, they're going all in on winning another one. And I think they have the chance to do it. You know, I'm a Phillies guy, though. I think the Phillies are doing something because we're, we're two games over 500. That's something we haven't said in a while. I like the addition of Kyle Gibson and Ian Kennedy at the deadline. Gibson, he paid immediate dividends in about, what, two runs over six and two-third innings in his first start to beat the Pirates just a couple of days ago. I like that. It's things we'll see because we, we didn't have that a couple of days ago. So I like to see those things. I think a team that should have potentially gone all in is the San Francisco Giants. I really do. I think they should have been the team that got Max Scherzer to anchor their rotation. They're, what, 68 and 40 now? I think they should have did that. I think that have been the piece that sends them over the hump and really gets them to where they want to be. I hear what you're saying. The thing about the the Giants is they, they went out and got Chris Bryant. A lot of teams were in on Scherzer. You know, you heard Detroit maybe on a reunion with Scherzer back to Detroit. You heard San Francisco. You heard San Diego. Um, we people thought all of a sudden it was San Diego getting Scherzer, and then all of a sudden it was the, the Dodgers getting Scherzer and Trey Turner. So you look at that lineup, like they stack. You know, you got even with Bellinger struggling, you still got Bellinger, you still got Turner, you uh, Justin Turner, you now you got Trey Turner, uh, you got Muncie, you got a lot of like big hitters that rotation. You got Scherzer, you got uh, Kershaw, like, come on, man. Like, I feel like the Giants, um, excuse me, the Dodgers are by far the best team in baseball, top to bottom, talent wise. Uh, and they had they they're they're going they're going for not only one title, not only two titles, they might be going for three titles at this point. So, I think that they're definitely making an impact. Uh, I know you want to talk about, I know you want me to praise the Phillies, you should. That's our team. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna temper all. I'm gonna temper all praise by saying this: they still need to do more work in the bullpen. They should have signed Cole Hamels. 
another Dodger who's another former Philly going to the Dodgers, Cole Hamels. They should have signed Cole Hamels, right? Whatever. Cole Hamels goes home to California. But they did go get Kyle Gibson. They did go get Ian Kennedy. They did go get uh, the prospect whose name is Casey right now, but he was being groomed um, to be the, the the Rangers' closer of the future. So maybe they did make a couple of good pieces. They had to, they had to trade uh, Spencer Howard. Maybe it's worth it for them. Maybe it it turns out to be a good move for the Phillies long term, but also in the short term, you have a guy in Kyle Gibson who you can put with Nola, who you can put with Wheeler. You need to get Vince Velasquez out of this, the rotation. You know, he's had one good start in the past, like, six months. And I like Vince Velasquez. He's got great stuff, but he cannot put it together. He's inconsistent. You got to get him out of there. Put uh, Ranger Suarez in the rotation. Chase Anderson, put him in the rotation. Do what you got to do, but you got to get uh, Velasquez out of there. The Phillies have work to be done. They, they're in striking distance, for sure. You know, a lot of, a lot of the Mets – when the Mets thought they won a division in May. They're two games behind. You know, they're two games behind the Mets. Would you um, put Bryce Harper in the MVP conversation? It, the, the Phillies aren't – the Phillies aren't there for him to be in the conversation. Because he's plus 1,200 right now. If he was a, you a gambling man. I wouldn't – I wouldn't – I wouldn't, wouldn't MVP odds. I wouldn't do that. I don't, I don't think the Phillies are there. Like, if the Phillies go on some, like, crazy tear and he starts tearing it up, then maybe he can make a push for it, like a like a step-style push. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I mean, his wins above replacement is 4.9, which is putting him behind Tatis, if, who is at five. Right. And, and, and Tatis is, is, is tough. Like, he's tough. He's the favorite right now. So you got to realize that, that San Diego is also one of the top teams record-wise in baseball. Phillies are – Barely above 500, you know what I'm saying? So, so if, I'm if, saying, if the Phillies were to win the, the division, they win the division. They, they, have to, they have to win 90 games for him, for him to be in the conversation. They okay. have to win 90 games for Harper okay. to be. So they have to win 40 games the rest of the year, which I don't think is happening. They might win 30, 35 maybe at the most. I don't think they get the 90. I don't think they can do it. But if they got to 90 wins, 90, 92, and they win the division, I think you can put Harper in that conversation, but until they stop floundering and above, you know, they're like, you ever seen somebody kind of like gets the head underwater and their nose is kind of, you know, the eyes are just barely above water and then they kind of dripping down up. That's how the Phillies are at 500. They're kind of like floating around. Okay. That. They need That's to, better than drowning. That's better than drowning. They're and but they're one bad weekend away from drowning. So they need to stop teeter tottering on that line and, and make a if they make a push. Like how the Warriors did at the end of this season to get the playoff playing tournament. Remember, they were like the 13th seed, and then they kind of made a crazy run, and stuff was going crazy. That's the type of thing that Harper needs to go and have to do to get to get him in the MVP conversation for me. All right, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. It, it, it can happen. I'm, you know, I'm with the Phillies this year. I think this is one of our better seasons. Well, actually, one of our best seasons so far because uh, in 2019 we were even 81, 81, and 2020 during that COVID season, we were 28 and 32. We had a chance to make playoffs because you know the, the wild card thing, we didn't do that. All we needed was one game, couldn't make the playoffs. So this might be the year we could make playoffs. You have a lot more optimism than I do. Hey man, you got you got gotta be positive. 
I'm a Sixers, Eagles, and Phillies fan. You got to be positive because the three like to hurt you a lot. Yep. So, thank you everyone <laughs> for listening to another episode of Straight to the Point. If you like what you're here, please give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, follow Straight to the Point on all your favorite socials. That's at S-T-T-P Podcast. Make sure you follow me at underscore Chris Cross. Make sure you follow me at underscore Jadif Hughes. Definitely check out the podcast. We are at 605 followers and growing. 400 more followers away from the 1,000 mark that we're trying to reach by the end of summer. Help us get to it. Help us grow. We're trying to build this brand for you guys. So tune in. We have one month to get 400 followers. We, we, believe, in, we believe in you guys. <laughs>